is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minter, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike right, three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Nonsense, got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Ah, good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Uh, We are off and running here on the last Saturday of July and the last Saturday before fall camp. We made it. We made it. Big Ten Media Days just happened. We are on the cusp of having actual football to discuss, maybe even depth charts, maybe even position changes some more. We've got a lot of other news, baseball, uh, some players moving up in in their organizations, volleyball, we got preseason, Big Ten teams and and picks to to finish and and where Nebraska is relative to... Preseason All-Americans. Yep, relative to some other teams. Fan days tomorrow. Yep, it's, it's inside, which is good if you look at the weather outside right now. It's looking a little, look a little sketch. This this radar that I'm looking up on the on our TV right now from Rusty Dawkins, it, it looks. I mean, it looks like hell on earth over it is, there. It I is mean, it just is just south is, of Lincoln. It is crazy. There's got a drop outside though. No, not one outside. I didn't see any rain driving in. Um, so yeah, be be careful if you live south of Lincoln. It, it <laughs> looks like it's nasty out there. Um, it, yeah. And uh, yeah, so we'll we'll get to all that. Maybe even a little talk about Breakfast Gate. I don't know. Maybe not. That, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> that was so overblown. And Husker basketball was, got a twenty twenty three commit and yeah, signee out of nowhere. Yeah, and they're out in Spain right now. So a uh, lot, 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 lot to get to. Not just football. On. You know what? I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Matt McMaster, Cole Skookenholz. That's uh, true. Um, a lot has happened this summer. Like I feel like this summer, like maybe we kind of did have a lull. In July of like two weeks where nothing yeah. was going on, yeah. but I feel like for the most part, there there's always been something going on in the news that we could talk about that we could you know discuss and Jordy Ball and big transfers. I don't know. I think this this might be the new college sports norm where just in the in the era of NIL and the transfer portal and just all these moving parts that there really isn't a time where like you'll get zero sports content or, or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I feel like last summer. There wasn't a whole lot going on at all. We, we, I mean, I wasn't on the show, but I know you were mainly leaning on position previews. But we've had a lot to talk about. Yeah, we we have about. we have definitely been sustained through the summer with with lots of stuff going on almost every week. Yeah, and we'll uh, continue our coverage of uh, Husker football with the practice reports. We'll be starting up uh, on Monday with uh, myself and Caleb. Yeah, doing it. We still, I think, we're still waiting on the official media schedule. Just a couple days out of, not, of camp. Yeah, we have not seen that yet. So, it starts uh, Monday. I'm sure Keith Mann and Seamus McKnight are hard at work trying to put everything together to make everyone happy and uh, do things. Uh, the boys, The boys moving to the dorms tomorrow, mm-hmm. according to Husker Online. Yep. <laughs> moving day is between 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. So It's going to be busy. Living in the dorms, man. Yeah. I talked to a couple of football players, actually, and I, and I warned them. Yeah. I was like, hey. Like, cause they live pretty nice. Like they live in houses or suites or whatever. Sure. And it's like, you know, a lot of kids do. And like, it's, it's 
you know, not not you, you can pay for the suites and stuff like that. It's like not special living necessarily, and the suites aren't like fine dining or anything. But compared to the, I know what hall they're living in. I told them, I go buy a fan, buy buy a fan. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of air conditioning. You don't need that many uh, blankets. I told them, hey, get a mattress pad. Because you've never slept on a rock like that in the dorms, mm, so yeah. uh, hopefully the guys that I talk to will be prepared for dorm living because it's a whole different, it's a whole different life. It's a whole different life. It's a it's a quick tutorial from from current college student Matt McMaster. You need a mattress pad. There. You yeah. need a mattress pad. That's yeah. the first thing I told. Mattress pad and a fan. Yeah, that's good advice. No, that's, it is. That is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, good advice. Unfortunately, uh, good advice is to you know not drive while you have had a few. Uh, and and there is now a former Husker position coach who did not take that advice, and uh, he is now no longer a uh, Nebraska assistant football coach. Uh, missed that news yesterday. Uh, it came out true Friday news dump right around five thirty. I think was when the email went out from Sports Information. Bob Wager, Husker tight ends coach. Uh, this is from a Journal Star report. Uh, was pulled over about one thirty a.m. early Wednesday morning near Pinnacle Bank Arena and cited on suspicion of DUI, suspected blood alcohol content of .15 or higher, about twice the legal limit. Uh, Also cited suspicion of careless driving, possession of an open container in the vehicle, and refusing a preliminary and chemical test, according to LPD citation logs. Uh, Look, this was a pretty swift move, uh, either on Wager's part himself or mandated from Matt Rule, Trev Alberts, both perhaps, I don't know. Um, Matt Rule had a statement uh, that he released as well and kind of details not only Wager leaving, but also who is uh, stepping in. Uh, Josh Martin is going to become the full-time assistant uh, on the staff effective immediately. He is going to be the tight ends coach. Uh, Seven years coaching experience, including tight ends at SMU and Arizona State. He was uh, going to be a special teams analyst this season, but is now tight ends coach. Uh, So that's it. Bob Wager's gone. Matt Rule uh, made the change, or Wager himself resigned without Rule's input whatsoever. And there you go. Right before fall camp, this happens, and and it it seems to seems to have been put to bed pretty quickly. Which it's unfortunate that it happened, but from a Nebraska football standpoint, this was not reported. This was not found out. It was reported by sure. Nebraska football, yeah. which is always uh, better as Northwestern can probably attest to. Uh, and, and I mean, it's, it sucks because he, he was a Texas high school coach for years. Yeah. They've obviously made a lot of inroads in Texas recruiting. Uh, his son is walking on this season. Uh, he has a couple guys on the team this year, Ishmael Smith-Flores and Jeremiah Charles, who came from his high school, who are true freshmen this season. Uh, and now he's not going to be here anymore. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, he, he was a very well-respected figure uh, in that locker room ranging from coaches and players to support staff. Um, no, a lot of people are just uh, disappointed in what happened and, you know, and, and just how everything went down. But, I mean, that's, I think that Matt Rule has, has had a pretty sharp line in terms of player expectations and yeah. coach expectations. And I, and I think that um, this is a, a pretty clear-cut violation of Matt Rule's rules and his standards. And so... You hate to see it, especially from a guy who this was his big break. He was a high school coach for 26 years yeah. um, in Texas, well-respected. Uh, he kind of fell in the line of what uh, Coach Rule did with Joey McGuire back at um, back at Baylor. 
where he hired him, you know, took a Texas high school coach, kind of made those roots in Texas high school football, and, and now that's kind of gone. And, and, you know, in terms of Wager, just he got his big opportunity to, to finally be a big-time head coach in the world of college football. Not that high school football in Texas is not big time. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty high level in terms oh, yeah. of all of high school football. But um, got an upgrade and, and just kind of made a mistake. And you hope that him and his family can uh, find solace and get back on their feet and, and figure it out. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, that Bob Wager's a football coach, and I'm sure that he'll find his way uh, back into football. Yeah. 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 And, and, and as just, we... Yeah, and as we kind of look at the rest of the the storylines as we come into fall camp here uh, next next week, it's Monday uh, is when fall camp starts. Uh, this this may be an item that that people are talking about, but I don't know that it'll really last beyond Monday or Tuesday. I don't think it will. You're it, it's basically over and done. You, he's he did the thing and and he resigned and and now they've got the new guy in there and that's it. That's it. And also, too, it's, you know, if this was an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator yeah. or Matt Rule himself, we definitely would be talking about the imp- uh, implications yes. of this and how it will affect the record and season and performance. And maybe, maybe you know, the tight ends don't perform as well as they can because they don't have their head coach, but it's it's not as high level as those guys. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a clear blow. Nebraska isn't going to lose any more games this season because Bob Wager isn't the coach of the tight ends. And that might be a little bit of a harsh thing to say, but it's it's just it's just the truth. It's just facts. I mean, it's it's one. I would say the same thing if this happened to the linebackers coach or the wide receivers coach or the O line coach or whatever. You know, like those. Well, as a big Donovan Rayola guy, you might have more to say if it was Donovan. No, Rayola. absolutely, I know absolutely. What you, I know what you but mean. But you know, though, on yes. like a very like He's a position coach on a macro yes. wins losses level. Yeah. This it's not a massive impact. Does it still have an impact on the team? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But on a just fuller, bigger scale, let's take the long view type of you know metric. No, yeah, no, it does not. Well, what else? What else do you want to get into in terms of storylines? I know we've got position, we've got linebacker preview, we've got Luke Mullen from the Lincoln Journal Star coming up. Can't what, wait for what that. Else, what else? Do you we're gonna want do. To well, we're gonna do here. linebackers. We're gonna do yeah. more sports and everything. I got yeah. something. I I. If I went into a place called the Cave of Wonders, okay, and I got a magic lamp and I rubbed the lamp, okay, and the genie said, okay, Al. <laughs> the genie said, hey, you got one wish. What do you want? And this, is, this isn't a sports thing. This is a, like a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday thing with Jack Mitchell and friends on L&K today. Okay. okay, this is a Lincoln thing. My wish would be to get rid of the dang scooters in downtown Lincoln. You know Whoa. these bird scooters? Okay, I am sick and tired of these bird scooters. Look. I'm not a political guy. I don't talk about politics ever. Never done it. But if a mayoral candidate came up, whatever side of the wall they're on, male, female, you know, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. If they just came up and said, when I get elected into office, we're going to get rid of these bird scooters. We're going to we're going to we're going to shut it down. They'd get they'd get my vote immediately. They'd get my vote Cool. Not a fan of the electric scooters There are downtown. grown men yeah. who are 40, 50, 60 years old who could be my father who are zipping around downtown Lincoln on a Saturday night on bird scooters like it's Fast and Furious 11. It's ridiculous. <laughs> there are kids my age who are 21, 22 years old who should be at a bar talking to a girl who are zipping around on these scooters almost taking me out. What do we need the scooters for? What do we need the scooters for? 
Why do they need to be in Lincoln? There's zero, there's zero use for them. If they make the city money, take some out of my part-time paycheck, put it into the capital. I'll pay for the scooters if it or the the revenue that they make. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. I am at war. I am. I am declaring war on the scooters of Lincoln. It is so important to me that on my sports show, I've taken two minutes out of this time to talk about it. It's ridiculous. They need to go. There's no use. There's no use, and they they keep multiplying. I literally saw a group of 15 kids just on scooters right by me when I was walking. It's ridiculous. Do they bear any resemblance to Vin Diesel? Dwayne, no, Dwayne but it's just like Johnson. it's just like I've I've seen like 60 year old guys <laughs> just running. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you got a wife and kid at home, probably take them out to dinner. You know, if it, all right, we're done. Sorry, I just had I just I really don't have a forum to talk about anything. Other than this show, in terms of my concerns of the city of Lincoln, I felt like I had to get that out. It just felt like I feel better now. You know, you know who else we saw zipping around this week? Give it to me. Matt Rule zipping around Radio Row and and uh, he did a great job. Camera up at Big Ten Media Days. He did a great job. Look, he's this is this is his element, right? Like we haven't seen him coach a game here at Nebraska. We know what he's done at Baylor and Temple. Uh, we we kind of have an idea of what this team might look like and how he may coach them, but. So far, it's just been, hey, Matt Rule gets in front of the mic, he talks to us, he tells us what's going on, and we feel better about the program because he's pretty good at talking. And that's what he did. And obviously, you kind of expected him to talk pretty well, and he certainly did that. Um, the, the, the quote that kind of made its way around, and it's kind of the money quote, is, is the, we, you know, we want people to respect Nebraska yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, what, just overall, what, what are your high-level thoughts on, on the Matt Rule experience up there in Indy? There was one quote from Trev Alberts. That stuck with me. I don't. I don't remember what TV station grabbed it, but regardless, he goes. Matt's a great communicator. We hope that he's going to be a great coach too. That's that's what I grabbed. That yeah. was that was the number one thing, and I totally agree with him. Matt Rule, preacher's preacher's son, yeah. great communicator, really. Really good at it, like like in, super impressive, especially in an industry in which there are a lot of great communicators. There are a lot of coaches who are good at talking. If a coach isn't good at talking, they wouldn't be a head coach. But he especially is good at talking, and you know I'm sure that there's there's benefits to that within his team and, and how he does. But we we are still in the honeymoon phase. Yeah, eight months after he got hired partially because of how good he is at talking, how good he is at conveying his thoughts and his vision of what the program wants to be. I, I, I also think he's very good at knowing what people, what Nebraskans want to hear and you know what they believe the program should be like. So he's great at communicating. I hope he's an equally good coach of football because if he is, Nebraska's going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a fair way to say it. And, with the way that he was, you know, kind of, it, it's been important, I think, for him to kind of establish an expectation without putting a number on it. Scott Frost, Bill Moose, they put the number on it a little bit more often than maybe they should have. They kind of box themselves in. And it's not to say that if you do that, you're automatically going to fail on it. Yeah. There's plenty of times where people call their shot and they hit it. But my point is, Matt Rule. As as we just said, if you look at his record from Temple and Baylor, a total of three wins from those first two seasons. There, there's not a there's not a lot of evidence to point to 
him in a first year at a new school just going gangbusters and winning eight games sure. like or even six games the point is if you have that sort of expectation without putting a label on without putting a number on it um you can still as Matt Rule does you can still talk really well and talk your way around it so that you can still kind of justify the the position that you end up in and 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 they've they've done a pretty good job of setting that expectation without having that specific number on. Yeah, we got to get to a break, but uh, I'll just say this real quick. Um, he's got a lot of starters returning, and he's got the benefit of a very easy schedule. So we'll get to our win totals, I'm sure, yeah. in two weeks and, and all that stuff. But he's going to have opportunities to win games this year. He's going to yeah. have them. Will he do it? We'll reveal that if we believe that in a couple of weeks yep. between you and I. But he will have the opportunity to win games this year because this schedule that they have isn't the most difficult in the Big Ten. Yeah. It's actually one of the least difficult out of all Power 5 schools. It according is. According to a metric. It really, yeah, it really is. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion. What storylines to watch here as fall camp is upon us on Monday? We're going to keep that going with Luke Mullen from the Lincoln Journal Star right after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Got through Big Ten Media Days. We've got fall camp on the horizon. Football in four weeks. That's it. And we're bringing in... A guest, a favorite guest of the show, one of the best guests of the show that that we consistently have on here. Introduce Certainly. him, Mr. Skugenholz. I don't, I don't introduce the guest on this show, yeah, but he's, but he's, one of our favorites, one of our favorites. He's from the Lincoln Journal Star, noted Everton football club fan. Yeah, no, they, they're still in the EPL, they right? Up. They stayed up, they stayed up. So here he is, Luke Mullen, joining us again here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Luke, are you ready for both football here in America and football across the pond? Absolutely. I mean. Definitely, it's kind of crazy that fall practice starts so soon. And appreciate the intro, by the way, if you're watching on the Zoom. <laughs> I got the flag up in the background, too. Oh, it does. Look at that. Fan. Staying alive, say? baby. Staying alive, Luke. Hold on to it. Hold <laughs> on to it, kid. Don't let go. That's right. How Beautiful. You, how um, you doing? How you doing today? Great sports day, Luke, by the way. Yeah, everyone's excited. Bud versus Spence. Who you got? Give, it, give, give us your prediction before we get into football here. Of course. I mean, I'm from Omaha. You know who I've got. I've, I've got Bud. I mean, he's going he's gonna to destroy him. Got the kid. He's got to. Got it, the kid. The answer is always Bud. It's just how many rounds. It's how many rounds. Which round, Luke? Yeah, he gave us the mm, list. Good question. Round four. Whoa, Luke. Hello. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I know. Confident. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh I mean, goodness. I know fall <laughs> camp's starting, but geez, Harold Spence is a great fighter. Wow. Four no, rounds. He's, he's going out blazing. He's going to get him. Amazing. Jeez. That would, that would be something. Um, hey, uh, what else is something is we actually have real football to talk about starting on Monday. We've got fall camp. Um, we, we just touched on the Bob Wager news in the first segment, so we'll leave that aside for now. Give me one or two things that you're paying attention to uh, as things open up here on Monday. Yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest things is how does this offense, you know, operate? Jeff Sims, you know, developing that chemistry with his wide receivers. You look at Marcus Washington and Billy Kemp as two of those main guys, but who steps up alongside him? And I think such a big factor is they want to run the ball. You know, they want to establish that, have play action, you know, have the passing come off of it. 
So how does the offensive line come together? You know, mm-hmm. really, when you look at it, there's six, maybe seven guys that you feel pretty comfortable about those five spots. So I think that's going to be a really intense competition. And I think you really want that offensive line to get settled early in camp. So I think first, second week, uh, that's what you really got to have your focus on. Who are those top five that they're working in practice? Or are they comfortable, you know, rotating guys, maybe having seven that they'll play on a regular basis? I'll, I'll really be interested in that. You know, Luke, you know, media members, and, and I know we kind of all think similarly in this, when fall camp arises, we think of the big storylines and we think of things that we're interested in seeing and, and commenting on and writing about. But then there are also some little things in which everyone individually kind of thinks about and we don't see that see it as much from other media members. Are there like smaller stories? Is there a smaller story that you're looking at that maybe not a lot of people are talking about that you're really interested in seeing in fall camp? Yeah, I think it it's just one position, you know, maybe, but this Jack linebacker spot, I know that's kind of, you know, maybe a bigger, you know, a starting role, but you look at the way that they're going to use that position. I mean, kind of a hybrid edge rusher, you know, a guy who can drop back into coverage at the same time, whoever that they pick and whoever ends up starting in that spot is going to be relied on for such a big impact, um, you know, both in, in the pass rushing and just in the ability of knowing your role if you get caught out there, you know, it could lead to some very big issues there in the defense. And what we heard in the spring, you know, Jamari Butler, Chief Borders, MJ Sherman, like these are three super talented guys who all kind of have this expectation of playing time, you know, who all have these different skills that they can use. And yeah, you know, it's it's a big aspect of the 335, but specifically that Jack role, I think that is going to be such a a big, big asset for this defense. And whoever finally settles into that, you know, they're going to be key. But I think you got to look at second string, you know, third string, because somebody, one of these really talented guys is going to be, you know, caught on the depth chart a little bit. You know, do they find another spot for them? What do they do with them? To me, I think that's just one of the most interesting spots to look at. Luke Mullen from the Lincoln Journal Star joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. It's it's uh it's fortuitous that you bring up the linebacker position. We're actually previewing linebackers uh in our next segment. And I want to touch on the other two spots since you touched on that Jack spot. Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer, obviously the two presumed starters. They they led the team last season from the linebacker spot, but they both also missed some time with injury as well. If they aren't able to stay healthy, how confident are you or how confident do you feel like the coaching staff is and some of the guys behind them like John Bullock, who just got a, a scholarship or Randy Kapai or Garrett Snodgrass or some of those other guys who are on the roster, but we haven't really seen a whole lot of them yet. Yeah, I think I think that they're pretty confident um, in the depth that they have at linebacker, especially because, you know, during the spring, there was this emphasis on getting the guys to try all three of those different spots. And you look at somebody like Reimer, you know, he has a pretty obvious fit there in the middle. He's not going to move around a lot, but they they really kind of focused on these guys need to have this innate understanding of on each play. This is what the Jack's going to do. They're going to push up. You need to drop back. So I think Rob Dvorak, you know, he was really kind of honing in on that in the spring and fall. You know, it's it's a little bit more complex. You know, they're going to have different installs to do. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned John Bullock. I think he's a, a great backup there, a guy that they're really confident in and a little bit of a dark horse. I'm sure you'll get to him on your linebacker preview. I think Gage Stanger 
Um, you know, a guy who showed a lot of athleticism. They were going to have him as kind of a nickel, you know, rover in the past. They thought, hey, let's move this guy to linebacker. He's putting on some weight, bulking up a little bit. I think he'd be a great fit for kind of that weak side role. He really has the athleticism to to make that work. Luke, you kind of just did it when I'm about to ask you with the linebackers, but I know you got a, a pretty good ear to the ground there on that football facility. And every fall camp, and I think you two could probably point them out better than I can in the past, but there's always a couple guys who surprisingly make the field on week one or who have surprising roles uh, throughout the entirety of the season that we really don't hear about. Is there anyone that you're hearing that maybe just not just the linebackers, but just a whole macro level of that entire football program that is there anyone that you're hearing that could make a surprise impact the season or that may surprise people when they step on the field week one against Minnesota? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you're thinking about surprises, I think you you kind of go towards freshmen because obviously, you know, returning players, even if they're buried a little bit, you know, you have experience working the system, working with the coaches. And I think I mentioned a little bit earlier at wide receiver, there are these major, major questions. And, you know, I think you look at a guy like Malachi Coleman or Jaden Doss, either of those two, I think, have the full capability, have a couple strong weeks of practice. Um, here in here in the fall. And I think coaches will really strongly consider like, hey, how do we get this guy out here for, you know, 10, 15 snaps, get him to catch a couple of passes. I don't think it's a case where you're going to have a freshman, you know, going out there on offense and starting or anything. I think there's more of that potential on defense, but especially this so many freshman wide receivers, like I said, Coleman and Doss to me are those two that are the most ready to just come in and rotate in as needed. Um, they both have different skill sets that that they can really use there in the offense. Malachi on the outside, Jaden, a very good route runner as well. So I think both of those two have a, a really good chance here. Another minute or two with Luke Mullen from the Journal Star. Uh, Luke, Media Days just happened here this last week, and we haven't had a lot of opportunities to hear from Jeff Sims, who um, will almost certainly be the starting quarterback day one for Nebraska. What did you learn from some of the things that he said, how he interacted with some of the media, and and what we can expect from him in the fall, just in, in terms of his leadership and the way he communicates? Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you kind of asked about his leadership, because that was the big takeaway for me, um, because you, you get a transfer quarterback coming in like, look, he doesn't know anybody. You know, he comes in and you're expected to get everybody lined up. If your wide receiver runs the wrong route, you got to bark at him. You got to tell him. Hey man, that's going to cost us. Um, so, you know, that's a, a huge thing for a quarterback to get down. You know, how do you get through to these guys and have them respect you? And what Jeff talked about was it started with learning everybody's names. Like that's such a basic, simple thing, but like, how are they going to respect you if you don't even know who they are? Like that was something that he talked about and then talked to Luke Reimer a little bit. And he said, he's just been so impressed. Like if you have a guy come in and progress so quickly in that aspect, you know, six months later, seven months after jumping on campus, you know, he's there representing the team at Big Ten Media Days. That's because he is a leader already. And he earned that role. He earned that respect already. I think that's very clear amongst his teammates. And the other big thing for Sims as well is just his comfort level within the offense. You know, that was pretty clear already. Um, he's got different things down and, you know, his running ability is is so huge. But I think, you know, hearing from the coaches a little bit and and piecing together what we can, you know, I think it's going to be a case more of scrambling, you know, when plays break down. I don't think they're too eager to to run him up the middle, you know, quarterback draws like we've seen in the past. Luke, I think one of the most interesting positions uh, on this team that maybe we don't talk about as much because 
everyone who's around the team is very comfortable with the state of this position is the running back. I mean, you got three guys, uh, Gabe Irvin Jr., Ramir Johnson, and Anthony Grant, who all have, you know, D1, Power 5 capabilities. They've proven that they can produce at some sort of level. But only one of them is going to start, you know, come to start the season. And I think that it hasn't really been talked a whole lot just because we know that they are, you know, whatever, which whichever one they pick is going to end up being pretty solid. But right now, who do you think is the leader in the clubhouse uh, to get that first carry uh, to start this season? Yeah, I think, I mean, we've heard so many good things about Gabe Urban in the spring, but I think it's still got to be Anthony Grant. I mean, look at what he did last year. He's a very talented runner, kind of struggled a little bit, you know, when the offensive line struggled, those interior carries. Uh, But what I think the the key thing to remember for this running back group is Matt Rule has several years of NFL experience. His staff has several years. They know what a running back by committee looks like. And I think this team, that's a perfect, perfect example. Like, Grant, he's a tough, powerful runner. He gets gassed if you give him 15, 20 carries. Like, limited to 10, bring in Gabe Urban. He's a powerful guy running between the tackles. Ramir Johnson, third down back. You can flex him out wide, do some different things with that. I think Grant is kind of the the most versatile. Like, that's the guy you kind of want first down, you know, when the defense doesn't really know what's coming. So that's why I kind of give him the edge to to still get that first carry of the year. But I could easily see some games where, you know, Grant gets 10 touches, Irvin gets 10, you know, Ramir comes in for a couple. I think that would be a, a really great setup for this backfield. Because like you said, those those three guys, they all do different things and they all want to use them in the offense. Luke, real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to throw a piece of red meat here to, to Husker fans listening. I'm going to give you a number, three and a half, over, under, option runs a game. Three and a half. <laughs> give, me, give me an over and under. Honestly, I probably go under um, because I think that that will be part of the offense. They'll want to use Sims legs just because you you keep the defense honest, you know, make sure that they got somebody spying the quarterback or they're not cheating um, off the edge there. But I think it's going to be a a case more of play action being the main kind of bread and butter, you know, roll them out and and get the running back moving or whatever to, to keep the defense off guard. It was a very educated answer, but not the headline we were looking for, Luke. You know, we'll try again. Sorry, next time. <laughs> you go three and a half per game. Honestly, if they give me one triple option where they <laughs> hand it off to Barrett Liebentritt at like the five-yard line, I think that would satisfy me for the whole season. <laughs> They're good to go. That's it. That's all I need. All right, all we need here is uh, more Luke Mullen, but we don't have any more time, so we'll have to get to you uh, another time. Luke, uh, appreciate it. Uh, thanks as always. And uh, fall camp, it's here. It's, it's, it's Monday. We made it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Of course. All right. Appreciate it. That's uh, Luke Mullen. The best. Um, and and yeah, good stuff on the linebackers. We're we're gonna break that. I down know a he, bit we more didn't here. even tell Luke we were doing the linebacker position preview. He just kind of set that up for us. It was very nice of him, and he's just got that. It's got that writer's intuition. It worked well. It worked very well. Yeah. So uh, linebackers coming up right after this. Uh, we're gonna dig into all the different positions. Who to expect? Who might come out of nowhere? Uh, and and how much they mean to the defense in this new 335 scheme that's coming up right after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio 1499.3 KLIN big thanks to Luke Mullen who just joined us uh, writer for the Lincoln Journal Star if you missed that uh, download the podcast when this show's over. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast feed. Just 
Get those new episodes every Saturday after we finish up the show, and uh, you can listen to it, listen to it again. You can check out the Facebook Live as well, at KLIN Huskers. That's where we're at right now, thanks to Kenny Larrabee. And, uh, and yeah, we've got linebackers. We're not talking to a Husker linebacker today. We uh, we do hope to catch up with a linebacker next week, uh, and as well as a quarterback. As yeah, we have we'll a quarterback figure it left out. next week as well. We'll figure it out. The, it. Those guys are so busy over there, oh, you yeah. know, and they got their uh, – I know that before fall break, like this is kind of the time where a lot of those players and the coaches are taking their time off, a little bit of vacation, a little bit of rest. Let's go see the family, yep. understand it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do our very best. we got quarterbacks next week be our final position preview and then we got a uh, just a full are we going to do are we going to go right after just full season this is what we're, this is what we think the Oscars are going to do are we going to wait a little for that we got to talk about that that's probably something that we should a conversation we should have off camera we'll, but we'll, uh yeah we'll we'll figure that out we'll we'll get it all squared away um linebackers though it's 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 an important position for the 335 scheme and it's one where Nebraska's got an interesting mix of Really, really established experience and leadership and production with Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich. And then just a whole lot of who knows what with MJ Sherman and Jamari Butler and and Chief Borders and not not knowing who backs up Henrich and Reimer uh, first up if those guys take a blow or if they get hurt again or whatever uh, the situation is like there's a lot of. Known and unknown at this position, which I think is unique to this roster. DBs, you know, just about every starter potentially. Same with offensive line. D line, you know, one starter and nothing else. Uh, maybe two if you count, you know, Ty and Nash. Uh, but but the linebacker is a little bit unique in that you know really really well Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich what they do and what they can do, uh, what they can bring on the field. Well, look, Luke Reimer. Uh... All Big Ten honorable mention last year. 100 tackles away, actually, from becoming the second highest uh, tackle leader all time uh, in Nebraska football history. And, you know, if he plays, I think he might be eligible to play next season, too. So, I mean, very. I'm pretty sure because he's got the COVID year. Regardless, um, both those guys are just solid as rock. Henrich probably would have been an, all, an honorable All Big Ten mention last year if he didn't end up getting hurt toward the end of the year and still I know that during uh spring football he was still he he wasn't in pads I mean he and he wasn't even in the non-contact green jerseys he was in the fully injured uh yellow jerseys yeah and he was still recovering from his injury um so we'll see I mean there there is a little bit of a question mark with Henrich and and I'm sure we haven't heard anything otherwise in terms of whether or not he'll be ready to go, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he had such a great 2022 season, had nearly 100 tackles, and then last year riddled by injury. You just hope he can come back and be that pillar of sustainability and reliability that he was two seasons ago. And and, and look, the five games that he played last year, he had 40 tackles. So it's not like he he fell off before his injuries. It's just he got injured and and that happened, and hopefully he's ready to go. But still, it'll be interesting to see. I know that Monday will actually be open open practice uh, for the media. So we'll get a pretty good gauge of whether or not Henrich is a full go. That's something that I'll be looking for. Uh, Or whether or not he's in a a green jersey of non-contact. Or you never know. I mean, this isn't pro sports. 
in that we we know everyone's injury status all the time in the NFL, no matter what, whether a guy is progressing well or progressing not so well or what he's doing. Yeah. College is way more under the table. It's way more, it just you don't have that type of coverage consistently throughout the league to which you know what these injury statuses are. So, But with Henrich and Reimer, like you said, those are your two guys. Who's the? I, I think the biggest question, seriously, of this fall camp is, Who's the next one? Who's the weak side linebacker? Yeah. And also, too, you kind of brought up backups. Backups are an important conversation, especially with Henrich coming off an injury. I mean, they, they, we saw what happened last season when Henrich got down. Who stepped up? It was Ernest Hausman. Ernest Hausman. And, and he made himself look like, wow, Ernest Hausman's going to be a guy. This is going to be a dude who's going to be playing a lot of Nebraska football for the foreseeable future. Now Michigan Wolverine. Unfortunately, but you know those opportunities and, and it's, it present themselves and guys step up and I think it's important to know if that happens again, who's going to be the guy who could potentially take advantage of that? Yeah, and and to run down who's come, who's gone, who's still here. Departures from the linebacker position last year. Yeah, Caleb Tanner, uh, Ernest Hausman, Yativa Malga Clements, and Chris Kalarovic both exhausted their eligibility. Um, Hausman obviously transferred to Michigan. Uh, newcomers. Mentioned Chief Borders and MJ Sherman, both transfers in from the SEC. Uh, Maverick Noonan, Eric Fields, and Dylan Rogers is true freshman. Noonan was in for the spring. Fields and Rogers just here this fall. And then uh, returning, Reimer, Henrich, Jamari Butler, Garrett Snodgrass, Randolph Kapai, Seth Malcolm, Makai Gabayor, uh, Gage Stenger, and Kane Williams in scholarship positions. John Bullock, former walk-on, now on scholarship. Uh, Grant Taggy potentially in the mix for some playing time as well as another walk-on. Uh, so that is your linebacker position. And did you say Kane Williams? Kane Williams, yes. That's an interesting one. Moved over from safety in the offseason. That's another one of those positions. Very, moves. very interesting. Very interesting. I, I transfer from Alabama. Transfer from Alabama. Very highly touted prospect. Has a lot of talent. I would keep an eye on it. I'm not. I don't know anything. I don't know anything specifically about Kane Williams. I'm not acting like I do. But we've seen that some of these position changes have resulted in some good luck or some good fortune in that, you know, potentially good things and putting guys in right positions and, and giving them new opportunities. And mm-hmm. Williams is talented, and uh, he's another athletic guy. We talked that Luke kind of hinted in the uh, the listeners with the jack position, how important that's going to be with the three three five. and one of these guys that we're talking about is going to be in that jack position. He's a guy who could end up being that. I mean, he's got the height, he's got the weight, he's got the ability to kind of fit in there and, and, and be that hybrid between edge and linebacker and, you know, and just kind of run around the field. I mean, we don't really know what the jack is completely going to do on the field. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be more than one jack. Yeah. There's going to be more than one jack. And there's and situationally, so, they're going to learn more about what these guys excel at. And, exactly. and when you get into certain downs and distances, you're going to have guys that you feel better about going in on third and one versus a third and 15. Yeah. And and the other thing that I'm interested in with linebackers, how, that, how they kind of interact with the nickel spot, especially if they're on the same side of the field or if on the other side of the field. I, I With the 3-3-5, you've obviously got the three down linemen. I'm interested to see how often we may see more of a 3-4 setup sure. uh, where, where you have those three linebackers kind of shifted over so where two are in the middle, and then you have one on the one side of the defensive end, and then your nickel on the other side of the defensive end. And then let's say it's MJ Sherman and Isaac Gifford, and then you just blitz both of those guys off the sure. edge. I mean, that looks great 
in my you know NCAA football 2013 playbook on PlayStation. And and so if you can get if you can get those guys in certain situations, uh, being able to rush the passer, being able to you know play off the nickel spot, and and one of them backs up into coverage, one of them rushes, and then sometimes you maybe switch that up and have the opposite guy. That's the that's the thing about that jack spot. You have to be able to do both, just like the nickel spot. I mean, it's a three three five in number, but it, there are so many different applications that you can do with the jack spot and the nickel spot in particular. Those guys are so versatile. I think what's really interesting about this linebacker position as a whole is that I think when you go through each position, um, you have an idea of who can be out there. We have an idea of who might be the third wide receiver uh, for this team. We have an idea of who are going to be the starting defensive linemen. We talked extensively about the secondary. We don't know. I made it very clear that I have no clue who's going to be starting in the secondary, but we know there's about four, five, six guys. We know that for every single position. Yeah. When it comes to this weak side linebacker, I could I couldn't tell you. Like I don't I don't think there's like three, four. Like I have no clue because they just don't have guys who we've seen step out of the field before or have guys. You know, like we talk about Omar Brown. Omar Brown didn't play last year in the secondary as, you know, wasn't a consistent player for yeah. Nebraska, but he had transferred and he had played in the FCS before and we knew that he the had DB played. DB of the year at FCS. DB of the year in the FCS. So we knew that he had that experience. There, throughout the entire, you go down this weak side linebacker list, there really isn't any guy that has any sort of experience before. And it's we're not just talking about a backup role. We're talking about starting. Talking about starting on a defense that arguably is going to be pretty good this year with the amount of returning people that they have. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just so interesting in terms of this position where it's, I, I know it's Reimer, I know it's Henrich, and then your guess is as good as mine. And I think Luke, there's a great interview today, you should listen to that on the KLIM podcast, available to everyone, everyone, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Sorry, that's typically your thing, I try it. But... Um, uh, <laughs> He, he Luke brought up a really great point with Luke Mullen, not Luke Reimer. Luke Mullen brought up a really great point with he got Chief Borders, yeah. you have MJ Sherman, and he got Jamari Butler. Only one or two of those guys are going to be able to play consistently on the field with how this this defense is set up. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting which one is going to be riding the pine and who's going to be that weak side linebacker. And hey, I mean Maybe you do, like, if all three of those guys hit in terms of Butler, Sherman, and and uh, Chief, Borders. Chief Borders, I mean, unlikely, but let's just throw out a hypothetical. Let's say all of them are playing really, really well. I think you got to find a way with the flexibility of this three three five to get all those guys on the field at the same time because you got to get your your best players play. Yeah. Your best players play, and it's the coach's job to figure out a way to put the best product on the field. And if those three guys are outperforming, you know, a weak side linebacker, you got to find a way to scheme in some sort of manner to consistently get those guys out there for more snaps. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting how holes fill each other here on this defense because. This we we've heard all about flexibility in the three three five allowing the defense to really do what they want to do and and exploit matchups right. This is a matchup based defense. You want to put your guy in the best position singularity singularly to succeed. 
And it's going to be interesting to see how Tony White may manipulate this defense based on whether or not he's comfortable with how their weak side linebacker play is and how well he thinks this edge and jack position is playing as well. I need two things from you as we got to get to break. Uh, give me your three starters, and then give me an unexpected guy to make a big impact this season. I'm going to give you Reimer. I'm going to give you Henrich. I'm going to say John Bullock. I'm going to say John Bullock. And I think that Garrett Snodgrass, we've seen him have spot play here and there. We've seen him stick around this this uh, athletic department. We've seen him stick around this program. He, you know, he's a guy who hasn't had gotten a lot of rub. And when you're looking at candidates for transfer portal, he kind of fits okay. the type of player that may have gone to the transfer portal. He decided not to, and he decided to stay yeah. in Nebraska. And I think that speaks a lot to what he wants to do here and how he wants to play here. And I think that he's going to make a bigger impact than people think. All right, um, I'm going to go Reimer, Chief Borders, okay, and MJ Sherman. As your three, I want borders on the weak side, and give me MJ Sherman as the jack. And then where's 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 Reimer? Reimer starting. Henrich. Oh, Henrich. Henrich is the odd man out to start. I think Henrich will play plenty. I will. I will agree with that statement if I go to open practice on Monday and he's in a green uniform. Yeah. If I, he's non-contact, if he's not starting fall camp at full contact, I agree with you. If he isn't, if he's full go. I couldn't couldn't disagree with you more. And my surprise guy. Give it to me. Matt Rule plays guys who are young. He sure, plays freshmen. Sure, sure. Maverick Noonan. I like Maverick Noonan to Interesting. maybe Interesting. even go beyond the I've four heard game good red things. shirts. I've, I've, I've heard good things about eight. Mr. Noonan. He's, he's going to do some things this season that folks aren't expecting. All right. Uh, that's your linebacker preview. We've got quarterbacks. That's it. And then we're into hot and heavy fall camp stuff uh, also next week. Uh, we've got a lot of other stuff to run down from a lot of other sports, uh, including uh, some more preseason news on the volleyball program. That's coming up right here after this on the KLI and Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Lexi Rodriguez is a preseason All-Big Ten honoree. Volleyball is uh, ramping up here just like football, and uh, she's uh, probably Nebraska's best player coming into this year. Yeah, her and Mayor Beeson. They're the they're the captains to the captains yep. to the to the to the more proven players on the team. That team is so young, but they're going to be electric this year. I got a good feeling about volleyball. Real quick, we didn't talk about something. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something? I was just also going to say Nebraska picked, picked to finish second in the Big Ten. Is, second is to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate Wisconsin. I know. That's Can't all. Go ahead. Um, Eric Fields. We yeah. talk about him. Oklahoma linebacker. This was the guy that they were like, "Hey, raving over." Everybody else messed up. This raving dude's really over. good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. You're amend your surprise guy. Well, no, I, I like Garrett Snodgrass. Sure. I think that a lot of people right. have just kind of ignored Garrett Snodgrass because you saw him on the field and he wasn't a like a world beater. Like just because a guy comes out in the field and isn't like the best dude immediately doesn't mean that he's gonna. You know, that's why I, you know, he stuck around with the program. He's a hard worker. Heard nothing but great things about him. Uh, but yeah, Eric Fields. You like young guys? I think that'd be a really good one. Everyone's raving about them. Also, too, I got a day off. I got a snow day for Nebraska volleyball day or volleyball day in Nebraska, August thirtieth. Students go. and teachers do yeah, not have to go only, to classes. Right. I am so excited for that day. That's going to be so much fun. I'm not working. 
I'm not working. Shout out my boss, Caleb Henry, who told me, enjoy your day. You know, have a good time. You don't have to work. So I will be there in attendance. I'm, I might be the only one excited for the Scotty McCreary concert, but it'll be a great time. Always. Be, it's only a month away, dude. Always Just snuck up Caleb on Henry. us. Yeah. That snuck up on I can't believe it. Hey, one more on volleyball, then we get to get our last break. Sure. Uh, John Cook, did you see this? We were just talking about this last week or week before. You wanted the Husker volleyball team to like move full-time to PBA, right? Absolutely. John Cook says they are, quote, working on a tournament at Pinnacle Bank Arena for Fox. That If that is not dipping your feet in the water and taking a little gauge of the temperature, I have no clue what it is. Because if they have a tournament and they sell out every single game at Pinnacle Bank Arena, you wait for it. You wait for it, Stukenholz. I call Look. it. I'm, I, I think I, you cannot tell me they're not dipping their toes when they're doing something like that. They are taking advantage of the venue. They are going to do this as a one-off. I don't think they're going to move over to PBA. Like, I'm not on a saying it's happening basis. next year. I'm, no, I'm not, not even going to say it's going to happen in five years. I'm saying they're, like ten years. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. They, they can sell out Devaney. I don't think they'd sell out PBA every night. I, if they're so concerned, I mean, once again, just uh, the it's sellouts. Not it's not about a concern. It's, it's, the, no, it's the atmosphere. It's no, the, it's the sellout streak. That's what it is. It's always about the sellout no, streak. When and out. Well, it's getting to the same place in volleyball too. <laughs> I mean, just sellout streaks. I can't like. Oh my god. I don't think volleyball had any artificial. I don't, enhancements to their I don't know if street, I'll though. be in this Lincoln market forever as a broadcaster, <laughs> but that's something that I'm, I'm glad I'll never have to talk about again if I move on to other markets. Sellout streaks. All right. Hey, if you missed the Husker Hoops news, uh, some good news for Fred Hoiberg. We'll tell you what that is next here on the KLI and Husker Hour. If I sound lazy, just ignore my tone. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1499.3 KLIN. To it. Matar Chope. No. Yes. Is, uh, That's we, the pronunciation. I've heard so many. This is from the so actual release from the University of Nebraska. Oh, Sports they gave they gave Department. you phonetically. It was yeah, that was right in the first line of the the release like, from Seamus I, McKnight. I love I love Seamus and M A T A R Matar. I, I love Seamus and Keith, but I don't read all their emails. Chope, D I O P Matar Chope. Get ready, yeah, twenty twenty three. Get ready, KP. He signed with Nebraska <laughs> this week. He is eligible to play this season. Six foot nine, two twenty five, seven foot three wingspan. Yeah, originally from That's Senegal. That's crazy. Part he of put- the NBA Academy Africa and played last year at Keystone Academy in Pennsylvania. Let me tell you something right now. The NBA Academy in Africa. The, the NBA has done an incredible job of getting international players onto soil and, and building them up through these academies. And a lot of these academies, man, you look back on the. Um, uh, alumni lists of some of these places that they have these plants that they're recruiting and building up talent. It's legit. Yes. It's legit. It's a yep. legit thing. So, uh, Huskers also are over in Spain right now. They're going to play uh, three games. They're playing the Madrid, Valencia, and Catalunya All Stars in Madrid, Valencia, and Barcelona on their trip out there. Uh, so, uh, good luck to Nebraska men's basketball. Also, uh, Husker baseball, Cade Povich, former pitcher here uh, in the 2021 team, moved up to AAA within the Orioles organization this week. Good for you, Cade. Congratulations. Football Fan Day is tomorrow, 3-5 to five at Hawks Championship Center. Matt, you can go get your autograph from Donovan Riola, your favorite coach or player on the team. And Isaac Gifford, too, I guess. Donovan and Isaac, you'll be in those two lines. Right? Uh, yeah, I will be. Uh, right. Yeah, go ahead. 